All right, let's get right into the Word. I want to follow up on Sunday and what God did at the end of the service, and then it's really going to kind of lead us into the next series that we're going to start this coming Sunday on the blessed life. How many, how many loves the blessed life? Amen? And, and you always hear me say, I, I'm a firm believer that um, favor and blessing are more valuable than wealth. I've taught that to my children. Work hard, use common sense, and give God what belongs to him. And understand that, and we taught that two weeks ago on investing in the favor and the blessing of God, that God gives us biblical principles for favor and blessing in our life. But also know that favor and blessing is not exempt from trouble. And how many found out because you're a Christian and you're living right and doing the best you can, it doesn't exempt you from trouble? Amen? Everybody with me? And, and I know there's people out there where, Pastor, be more positive than that. And okay, I will. I'm positive that you're going to have trouble in your life. Okay, <laughs> it's going to happen. All right? And there's issues that are going to come because we're saved doesn't mean we're going to be exempt from the issues of life, but we have a guarantee that God's going to walk us through them. And tonight I want to talk to you on joy regardless, that, that God promises us as believers, and that was the message that God really brought through Pastor Brad at the end of the message Sunday as we were talking about investing in faith, was that, there, that the enemy had tried to put this dark, not tried, he had put this dark cloud over many people, and he was attempting to steal their joy. And we've had so many testimonies of breakthrough that came into people's lives in so many ways Sunday as that dark cloud was lifted and destroyed and the joy of Jesus began to flood and pour into people's lives. And one dear lady, it was her second time with us Sunday, and man, God just got a hold of her in the second service up here for a long time. And when she left here, she still she said, I wanted to go to Grow Track, but I'm not in the position to go to Grow Track right now. She was still just, God was all over her, you know. And just the presence of God. How many appreciates God just coming in and just sweeping all of that junk and, and, and just giving us a brand new start? Amen? And so I want to talk to you tonight on that topic of joy regardless and then leading us into the blessed life. And we're going to throw some scriptures and all on the big screen tonight. But I want to talk to you out of the book of Philippians. And this book is one of my favorite books. And, and just kind of give you a quick intro to the book. Paul has been in, in prison in Philippi, him and Silas. You know the story. And they were thrown into prison for preaching the gospel. And, and they were in stocks and bonds. They were beaten. They were bloody. And God miraculously opens the prison door, and he lets them go. And at that point, Paul gathered the people around, and the Bible says the jailer and his household were saved. And at that point, Paul started his first church. And so Paul now has got this church going on, and 10 years have gone by since Paul started this church in Philippi. And then all of a sudden, we see that now he's writing this letter and it's a letter back to the church that he started 10 years ago. And ironically, Paul's in prison again. And when he's writing this letter back to the church, he's writing it to a church of, of mature saints now. And he's trying to mature them more and bring them into a new level of their maturity in God. And, and he's talking about this thing called joy. And 16 times in the four chapters in the book of Philippians, you're going to hear and see this word joy as the theme of the book. But he's writing it out of prison. But he's not just writing it out of prison like we would think prison today. He's now in a Roman prison. And that's way worse. That in the Roman prison, number one, he's under uh, 
this thing called, he's going to die. He's got a death sentence on him, and he's to be executed. So he knows that at any day, they could call his name, and he's going to be put to death. Not only that, the Roman prisons were all underground, so there was no natural light. And they were also, in the Roman prison, it was maximum security, which means that Paul was chained to a guard 24 hours a day. And they would rotate shifts, but every hour of every day, can you imagine, not just being in prison, but you're chained to a guard. You're handcuffed to a guard 24 hours a day. And so Paul now, he started this church 10 years ago. He's now thrown back into prison for preaching the gospel. He's chained to this guard 24 hours a day. He's in this prison under death. He's going to die in his mind. He's going to be executed. And now all of a sudden, he's writing this letter back to the church, the people that are part of the church that he started, and here's how he starts the letter of Philippians. Read it with me. It'll be on the screen. He says, I thank my God. Like, really? You're in prison. You're in the Roman prison. You're, you're, you're hooked up to a guard. They could kill you at any moment, and I don't think that's the way you and I would have started the letter. Like, get me out of here, maybe, or help, or I don't belong here. Call the guard, do something. That's not how Paul started the letter because he's writing back to the people of the church that he started, and he's wanting to mature them and develop them because he knows that the favor and the blessing of God's on their life, but he also knows that opposition and trials and tests are going to come, and he's trying to mature them to prepare them for that journey. And so as an example, he starts off, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you I always pray with joy. Come on now. You're in prison. You're hooked to a guard. They could execute you at every, any second. And every time I think about you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Christ. Ten years after he planted the church, he's telling them to not give up on their dreams, that, that what God started in you, he's going to complete it. And can I tell you, he's telling them to not give up on their dreams when none of his is happening. It, it's not all flowing so perfect for him, but he's staying faithful to that gospel that he knows is true, that He's wrapped in the arms of a heavenly father, and though he doesn't understand the situation he's in, he knows that God's got this. And he's telling the believers at the church that he started, he's going, God's got this with all joy. I'm praying for you, and that work that God started in you, he's going to finish it. Don't give up. Don't quit. And so how does Paul do this? How does Paul come into this thing, the, the, the very first scripture, the very first part of the letter that he's writing to the church to mature them in the midst of his crisis and his suffering, he's saying, I'm happy. There's joy. I count it all honor. Thank you for being part of the church. I want to send you a word that's going to mature you and help you. And Paul learned to pursue something deeper than happiness. And I want to talk about that tonight because too many of us are satisfied with happiness when God wants us to be living in joy. And I want to separate the two. 
You see, one of the key marks of a mature Christian is how do I respond on my bad days? How, how do I act on my bad days? Anybody besides me had some bad days? And the true sign of my maturity is what do I do on my days that aren't so good? How do I act? What comes out of my mouth? And anybody besides me failed on some of those days? Like F minus? And so I want to break it down to you very simple. Number one, we've got to separate happiness from joy. Number one, happiness is external. Happiness is when the things around you are doing okay and doing great. The things on the outside. My, my marriage is doing good, so I'm happy. Because my mama's happy, everybody's happy, right? When relationships are doing okay, we're happy. How you doing? Awesome, great. You ought to see this hunk I'm with now. He is the dude. Three months later on Facebook, he's a dud. But he was a dude for three months. Happy, based on happiness, external things, finances. How's it going? Man, raise, promotion. How many's found out that those are great when they happen, but there's still days that we're wondering how we're going to make ends meet. Career, school, everything on the outside, and happiness is based on all these external things, but joy is internal. It's not based on what's going on around you, but rather what you possess in Christ within you. And, and when we understand this, and I know I'm not saying anything new to you that you don't know if you've been in church a very short time, but too many of us are living our life on the external rather than focusing on the internal, and happiness is like fun. It comes from just the lips out, and there's nothing to it. There, there's no substance to it because fun can turn into failure very quickly. But joy comes from deep within our spirit, man, our gut. And when we learn to separate the two, that happiness, my happiness is based on the external things of life, but my joy is based on the internal relationship that I have with Christ. And when Paul comes in and says, I count it all joy, you need to understand what Paul's saying because Paul, if you go to the other chapter in Corinthians, Paul said five times I received the 39 lashes that Jesus took that one time almost killed him. The 39 lashes that we see on the Passion movie that Jesus took, Paul had them five times. He said, five times I received those lashes. He said, I was beaten with rods, which were flexible rods that bent, and they would beat the back of your calves and your thighs and, and bust you up. He said, I was constantly beaten with rods. I was shipwrecked, and I spent a day and a night. Over 48 hours, I spent floating in an open sea, and when I had enough strength and the tide was good enough to take me to the bank, I went to build a fire. When I gathered the wood, a snake jumped out, and a viper bit me. Come on, guys, that's pretty rough life. And he's the guy that's starting the letter off on, I thank God. Why? How can Paul do that? His life's not built around happiness, the external. It was built around an internal relationship that he had with Jesus Christ that if I live, I live for Christ. And if I die, my death is gain. But I count it all joy that he would count me worthy, that I could suffer at all for his name's sake. And so Paul's teaching the, the young Christians at Philippi a lesson. 
And he didn't start his letter off by, hey, I know y'all are okay, but I'm really not doing good here. I'm in prison. I'm connected with this stinking guard. And that, he didn't start a letter like that. He started it like, I give thanks. I thank my God. And man, can we learn from Paul tonight? Because how many of us feel like we're tied to a guard sometimes? How many of us feel like, man, things just aren't going that well? And we start our letter off with moaning, groaning, complaining because our life is built around happiness, not joy. And then he goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly the economy, our marriage, our kids, our job, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly our spirit, we are being renewed day by day. He says, if your outward is controlling your inward, you're in trouble. Can I say that again? If your outward, your happiness is controlling your inward, your joy, you're in trouble. But if your inward joy is controlling your outward happiness, you got life in control. And we've got to come and understand if we're going to move into the blessed life, we've got to get things in right order. And we've got to get things in right perspective of what's really controlling and ruling our life. And then he goes on to say, we will be renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles. Light. Momentary. I don't call 39 lashes five times light affliction. You see, not even close to reality, it was hard affliction on Paul, and it lasted a long time. But he said, for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. He said, my joy is outweighing my happiness. He said, these things that I'm going through that I don't really want, that I really don't understand, but I count it all joy when he calls, counts me worthy to suffer for his name's sake. And he's teaching the young Christians at Philippi. He's maturing them. He's saying, what I'm going through is light affliction compared to eternity without God. He said, but what I'm going through right Right now is preparing me, is developing me, is molding me, is putting me in a position that I now can receive the blessed life that God has for me. And then he says this, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, the external, but on what is unseen, the internal. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And Paul's teaching those young Christians that you've got to stop living off of happiness that's external because it can change with the stock market. Because well, somebody's found that out. When you put your happiness in people and things and items and material things, it can leave as quick as it can come. But when my happiness is, goes deeper than that and it turns into an eternal joy, nothing can move me. We're steadfast, unmovable. Number two, happiness is based on circumstance. Circumstance is totally at the mercy of what happens. It means the circle in which you are standing in, the place you decide to dwell and live in. And happiness is based on circumstance, circumference, that I, I create a circle and I decide to live my life there. 
And that's when we, we build our relationship with God on happiness that's based on circumstance. We come to a, a place that we just say, I'm building a circle right here. Nobody can come in, and I'm not going out, and this is my world. And we die there. But how many have seen two different people go through the exact same thing but have a different reaction to it? You seen that? Or somebody goes through a deep struggle, a sickness, or a loss of a job, or whatever, and two people endure the same thing, but they have a completely different response to it. Why? One decided to dwell in it, and the other decided to leave it behind. And you got to understand that happiness is based on people that live by circumstance. They, they have the mindset of whatever will be, will be. And they build this life around whatever's going around me right now. And so my joy or my happiness is based on what's going on right now. Anybody had people like that in your life? Like they're on the phone today telling you how great life is, and tomorrow morning they need a counselor. It's like this, constantly. Why? Their life is governed by circumstances, which is an artificial happiness that has no substance to it. And Paul's warning the Christians of the church, you can't fulfill God's purpose in your life if you live like that. And how many knows the church can't fulfill God's purpose on what he's called TC if we live like that? It's got to go deeper, and that moves us to the next point. Happiness is based on circumstance, but joy is based on our true relationship with Jesus Christ. Christ desires to do two things in each one of our lives. Number one is a supernatural change of our inner man. And how many experienced that in Jesus? He did in your life in a moment what you couldn't do in years. Come on, somebody. That He supernaturally transformed our life. How many walked to Jesus a mess and you walked away cleaned up? I mean, counselors couldn't get you off of drugs. Programs couldn't get you off of that addiction. And yet just one moment with Jesus, man, He can set you free. For some it's immediate. For others it's a process. But freedom comes. The first thing is God wants to do a supernatural change in our inner man. But then secondly, natural things that Christ desires to teach us. Discipleship. He does an inward, immediate spiritual change in our life, but then He wants to do some natural things in our life, and those are through a process that He wants to disciple you. And that's what Paul's doing to the Christians here in Philippi. He's sending them this letter because he says, now that Christ has done this supernatural transformation in your life, now I want to help you on that journey. And that's why we encourage you at Transformation Church, get in a small group because the relationship is where life change comes from. Get involved in relationships. Get in a small group. Go through growth track. Find out what your purpose and your passions are. Begin to serve in those passions. And when you serve in your passions, it opens the door for your freedom and your deliverance. And God is speaking through Paul here, and He's telling him that your joy is based out of a true relationship with Jesus Christ. And how many knows people that got saved and they were good for about three months and then that sadness and sorrow begin to come right back into their life? Why? They never hooked up relationally with anybody. They never started discipleship in the Word. They never discovered their purpose. They never connected with the natural. And God tonight wants you and I, number one, to understand that life can't be built on happiness. It has to be founded in joy 
And that we've got to come and realize that He wants you to have more in your life than just living on what's going on today. But He wants us to get grounded in His Word, connect with proper good relationships, discover our purpose, and go start touching and changing somebody's life through it. It's a simple process. But when we connect, one of the greatest joys we have as pastors in this church is watching God take people that was just so messed up. And they're finding Christ, raising their hands on a Sunday morning. No big show, no TV and camera. Nobody getting applauded, just heaven getting praised for it. And then they get into a small group and they start relationships and they get accountability partners, somebody they can trust, and now they're walking them through their stuff. They get in through Grow Track and they find out their purpose and how God made them. And now they're serving on Sundays on a dream team with purpose. And we're watching them grow and we're watching God do more in their lives in months than it used to take years under the old church system of just kind of keep praying them through every Sunday night, getting them saved again, getting them saved again, getting them saved again. And we never allowed that joy, that purpose to become a part of their life. And tonight, God's got more for you than just temporary happiness. There's an eternal joy that God wants to bring in mind in your life tonight that walks us through the valley as much as it takes us to the mountaintop. That's what Paul is trying to teach the church. And if you're going to enter into the blessed life that we're going to start next Sunday, you've got to learn how to start walking a life of joy, not just happiness. Are you with me tonight? He says in Philippians 4.11, For I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances become. You see, how many people try to change their life by changing their location? Well, I, you know, for me to, for me to do good now, I, I got to change cities. I got to move. Or, or for, me, for me to change, I got to change jobs. Or I, I've got to change churches. No, you need to let Jesus change you. Because if that inner man doesn't change, you're just taking your struggle with you wherever you go. But Jesus wants to come and, and, and let you learn to be content with the joy of the Lord. And when we understand to live by the joy that we have in our relationship with Jesus, then these things don't move us. That moves us when we're only living in this temporary happiness. Last of all, happiness happens by chance. Happiness happens by chance. You see, it's not up to you. It's just if you're lucky, you give control of your life to whatever will be, will be. It's just happenstance, just chance. I just hope today's pain isn't worse than yesterday's misery. It's just chance that maybe something good will happen in my life today. I just hope that that person that I despise and don't want to see doesn't come to the same church that I'm at or they don't join my gym just chance. Just happiness happens by chance. But see, joy happens by choice, not chance. It's now up to you. See, happiness is not up to me. It's up to what other people do. But joy is up to me. You must be careful letting the things that you can't control control you. Do I need to say that again? Don't let the things you cannot control control you. That's happiness and sorrow. But joy is still joy when the things you can't control go south, but your attitude and your spirit doesn't change with it. 
because my joy isn't based in what's going on in my circumstances. My joy is based in my relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I don't expect this teaching to make you jump up and spin around and flop back down tonight. But I hope you'll get it tonight that when you walk out of here tonight and the enemy comes against you this week, that you get enough word that Paul sent to the young Christians at Philippi that says you can live by happiness or you can live by joy. Choose which one you want, but happiness really isn't working, so why don't you go to the joy thing? And that's what Paul's trying to teach us as he was teaching them, that joy happens by choice. Don't let the things you cannot control control you. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 and getting ready to close, he said, This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Now choose life. And joy is a choice. How many of us have talked ourselves into being angry? Talked ourselves into being miserable? Talked ourselves into being frustrated. Talked ourselves into being fearful. And we've got to come and realize that, that we have the ability. I, I love Pastor Burke Clinton, and as you hear me talk about him a lot, he was one of my main mentors. He's in heaven now, but he was, there was Jesus, the Apostle Paul, and Burke Clinton in my life as far as spiritual. This guy was amazing. But I was on staff with him, and, and he was always happy. He was always full of joy. He was an old Marine sergeant. A big man, his finger looked a foot long when he pointed it at you, you know, he was just a big man, prayingest man I've ever met in my life. And, and I'll never forget when the, the uh, Texas went through the oil crisis, he, he was always whistling and happy. And, and, and I asked him one day, I said, Pastor Clinton, and I said, why are you so happy all the time? How are you so happy all the time? And he said, well, my mentor sat me down one day and told me, he said, don't worry about anything you can't do anything about. Some of y'all need to let that sink in right now. He said, quit worrying about anything you can't do anything about. And can I tell you, 98% of mine and your mind, if we let it, if we let circumstances rule our life, not choice, we will spend 98% of our time thinking on things that we can do absolutely nothing about. And when we do that, we find ourselves living off of happiness, which is temporary, versus joy, which is eternal. Are y'all with me tonight? And God's trying to mature us as a church family to get us ready, because how many knows that the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, and the more we focus on reaching the harvest and bringing people out of darkness into light, that the attack of the enemy is going to come against us to bring oppression and depression and those clouds of darkness that God showed Pastor Brad and to, to get us knocked down, to get us weary, to get us worn. And, and that can only happen when we live our life based on circumstances rather than choice. But when we choose to have that relationship with Jesus, we choose to be joyful I had a lady come to me, and I'm closing. I had a lady come to me in a restaurant today. I had a meeting with someone, and I was up paying the bill, and this lady walked up, and she said, Pastor Dan, and I don't ever know if that's good or bad. You know what I'm saying? And Pastor Dan, you're TC. I said, yeah. She said, I'm one of your Facebook friends. And she said, can I stop you for a second? She says, uh, when I say someone's old, they're about to die, okay, And because <laughs> I'm old. But um, it was an elderly lady, and she said, I just want you to know my whole church is watching your family. And we're watching you. 
And, and the joy that we, and, and I had me and Jabin on Facebook the other day, and she said, I watched that whole video of you and, and your grandson and him smiling and, and the laughter and the love. And she said, that's so ministered to our heart. She said, you have no idea the people that are watching you and, and watching how you express that, that you're not letting this destroy you. You're not letting this make you angry at God. But, but in the midst of your pain, there's joy. And I, that's not us. That's him. But I'm just telling you tonight what Paul was saying because I'm not going to lie to you, there's days I still want to throw my fist up in the heaven and go, what in the world are you thinking? You could change this in a second. But then I have to come back and go, that's circumstance. But I choose to live by choice. And I know that he's got this. And he's got my grandson and he's got my son. He's got my family. He's got this church. And I choose to live in joy knowing that I have a heavenly Father who holds me in the palm of His hand. And He's got purpose. He's got reason and everything. And I'm not going to live my life around happiness that's temporary and circumstantial. I'm going to live my life on choice, which is eternal, in Christ Jesus. And that's the lesson that Paul was trying to teach the new believers at Philippi. So how do we do that, Pastor? I'm going to give them to you real quick. Number one, stop asking why and start asking what. It's not wrong to ask why, but you've got to follow it up with a what. Because a why without a what has no purpose. And it's okay to ask God why as long as I'm asking a what, because my what defines the reason of my why. Are y'all still with me? That the why of my grandson would have no, no answer without the what of a haven. The why of your battle, the why of your situation, the why of your past hurt, the why of the things that the enemy is trying to bring against you to destroy you has no reason at all if you're not looking for the what. Paul's in prison and he didn't focus on the why because he already understood the what. And if you're living on why, you're living on temporary happiness that's up and down like a roller coaster. But if you're living on the what, then you can go through the darkest storms that life can bring and you're going to come out singing the same song you were singing on the previous mountaintop. The valley didn't move you at all because you're not moved on external. You're moved on internal and the joy of Jesus is your strength. And all of a sudden you're finding yourself going through situations and storms and you're not moved any longer like you used to be when you lived on happiness because now you've found joy. So I want to challenge you as Paul challenged that church in Philippi. He said, don't live your life on happiness, but start living your life on joy. Find something that's internal, that's strong. Because everybody look at me for a second, and for the third time I'm closing. You'll get to see the last three innings, I promise. But understand this today that it's not going to get any easier out there. It's going to get harder. What we saw in New York City, the enemy man is raging out there. I'm not a gloom and doom preacher. I'm just telling you that if your life's not based on what Paul's trying to teach us, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And we have an eternal inward joy that Jesus can bring that no matter what we're going through in life, we wake up the morning and we declare that this is still the day that he has made. I'm going to rejoice. I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. Why? My life is not built on circumstances and artificial happiness. It's built on the eternal joy 
that I found in the person of Jesus Christ. And can we choose as a church to operate in that level of joy? How many is ready for the cloud to be gone and be gone for good? Amen? Receive just a simple word tonight. But I, I, when Pastor Brad and I were talking, I said, let's just kind of connect Sunday with where we're going because I'm ready for the blessed life. How many is ready for the blessed life? Okay, seven of us. So we're going to start this lesson over again tonight. How many is ready for the blessed life? Amen? Now, everybody look at me. We're going to stand. Go ahead and stand so you know I'm closing. Sit back down. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Stand up. But everybody look at me for a second, and I'm going to hand this to Pastor Brad in case he's got something out. you have anything to announce or anything? Okay. Here's the key. If you're going to enter the blessed life, the life of favor, the life of blessing, you can't do it on a roller coaster ride. It's not going to happen. The favor and blessing of God comes to lives that have made up their mind that I'm doing this thing no matter the cost, no matter where it takes me, I'm going to live and experience the blessing, the favor of God. Opposition is going to come, but I made up my mind. That's what Paul did when he started off this, this letter. I thank my God. I made up my mind. And I just want to challenge you tonight as your pastor to make up your mind. Make up our mind. I, I battle it just like you. But I've made up my mind that no matter what comes my way, that I'm going to wake up every day and I'm not going to live on temporary happiness that's based on circumstances or whatever goes on that day, but I'm going to live in the joy of Jesus because he's made it available to me. And I choose to go there in Jesus' name. How many will go there with me? Amen. Lift the other hand with that one. And just tell God right now, Father, I declare tonight the joy of the Lord to be my strength. Come on, tell him. Don't, don't let me say it. Just tell him. Just say it. Father, I declare the joy of Jesus over my life tonight. I will not live my life on external happiness, but I choose, God, tonight to live my life on eternal joy that's only found in Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Pastor Brad's going to come and close this up. God bless you.